the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Check out monorail.com, America's affordable investment app made for conservatives who want to keep their hard-earned money with companies that share their value. Download the Monorail app today. Join Monorail. And a good Thursday to you, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. I know this is a sort of cow that's, what did they say, Dumb. Beaten cow? They don't say that. What is the phrase when you repeat something? Eating a dead horse. No, okay, cut it out. Beating a dead horse. Beating a dead horse, yes. Well, I don't know how the cow got in. <laughs> uh, now I'm beating the microphone. All right. There we go. We shouldn't be going. There we go. Okay, y'all. I'd like to uh, do a non-news idea here, exploring life with you. If your uh, adult child is out of the house, God willing, (laughs) how many times a week, a month, a year do you talk? And is there an optimum? I called my parents every single week. I have no idea if that's the optimum. I speak to my sons, well, one works with me a lot, so I can't, I I don't know if that counts. And the other one who doesn't, it could be three times a week, it could be nothing for two weeks. And I, I wonder if there is an optimum, and I wonder if you have a theory, as my father did, only the child calls the parent. Well, what was it in your case? Did your did your parents call you? It's generational, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I understand it to a certain extent. I I have some sympathy for that. The kid should call the parent. Yeah. You do you agree with that? Totally. Oh, that's interesting. So the question is, how is it uh, for you? One eight Prager seven seven six. Eight seven seven two four three triple seven six. By the way, I don't call in on this, but I have another subject. I don't know if I raised this with you, my producer. When do uh, when do people transition at what age from daddy to dad? Right? Very few adults say daddy or mommy. <laughs> oh, I visited mommy. It, 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 it sounds odd. But anyway, don't call in on that. In the meantime, listen to this. Burberry is the latest fashion label to feature transgender models showing a shirtless female... I saw the picture. Did you see the picture? It's from Breitbart. It shows a shirtless female-to-male model. Not female and male. Female-to-male. So a woman who had her breasts cut off with visible double mastectomy scars. This is Burberry. 
Who runs Burberry? Is, is, that's, is that European? No. no it's an American it's, company? Yeah, I think so. Let's celebrate women who cut their breasts off and show it. She's shirtless, so there are little scars left. This is British. It's British. I, 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 knew, I, did, I knew it wasn't American, or I obviously assumed it wasn't American. We live in a sick time, my friends, in a very sick time. It's completely due to the death of the Judeo-Christian value system. 100%. Religious people don't do that. In fact, by the way, in light of that, I'd just like to bring to you something that you probably didn't, there would be no way you would know uh, that I have uh, done this. And here we go. I've done something for the Daily Wire. It's called the Masters Series. The Masters Program with Dennis Prager. It's a Daily Wire Plus. The first two episodes are up, and it is exactly that. The Consequences of Secularism, Parts 1 and 2. Next week is... uh, Episode 3, Happiness is a Moral Obligation, then is Human Nature Basically Good, and then February 16th, Differences Between the Left and the Right. This is a big deal. It's at dailywireplus.com. You can also see the, there's a trailer up as well. I make, uh, it's one of the only subjects I devote to, they're 45 minutes each. It's very serious and, and, and interest, fascinating stuff. The consequences of secularism. Why, why would a... Um, I, I take it back. I was going to ask, why would a woman even want to do that? A woman-man. If you look at the person, by the way, you can't tell what sex is except for the fact that there are no breasts. That's the only way you can tell an ad, do you understand? Who is it going to drive to buy Burberry products? That's what I'd like to know. When I say this to you, do any of you find this appealing? A shirtless female to male, no breasts, with with the mastectomy scars? This is to sell product by Burberry. The campaign shows the half-naked, tattooed, trans model embracing a biological female model who is wearing what appears to be a Burberry top. Burberry posted the image to its official Instagram account where it has been inundated by a deluge of negative user comments. The caption below the image reads, B... The word, the letter B, colon, mine, B, mine. You might want to reconsider buying Burberry items. This, this is, this is not uplifting to the human race. God. I would, I would love to speak to the, uh, to the people who designed this ad. 
I'd be very curious to know the sex of the people who designed this ad. You think it was women at Burberry who pushed for it or men who pushed for it? It's ironic. I, I'm I'm pretty certain. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, but I'm pretty certain it was largely women who pushed for it. Women are disproportionately involved in the trans movement, both as those transitioning and those pushing for it in children's hospitals and at schools. Uh, I have so much to share with you hmm. about uh, about what is happening in in that regard. Every day there's another news item. Uh, Sean, yesterday we began, right, we just played like a minute, is that correct, of that woman? Yeah, at the very end of the show, I was it was a uh, a highlight reel, as it were, a teaser for today. I'm going to alternate uh, these things with uh, this this micro question and uh, what what your answer is. Crown Point, Indiana, Kelly. Hello, Sean. You want to put the phone line on? Uh, hello, Kelly. Hi, Dennis. How are you? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Take it away. You got the floor. Hey, um, no, I was just uh, responding to your asking if you wait for the kids to call you or if you call them. And yeah. I, have, my husband and I have four adult children, so we call them. And I always find that if they call me, I always think something's wrong. So. I think they kind if, of sense that. So you, we if, do a lot of texting. Uh, oh, oh, well, that's good. By the way, if you didn't call, would they call you? How often? Uh, yes, yes, they would. They would. Um, yeah, they they know we we like a lot of contact. You know, um, we like to hear their voice. But uh, again, so I do, do find you, that my husband and I. Do you, just tell me, do you prefer this system? Um. I guess I guess it doesn't bother me. Um, well, doesn't yeah, we bother don't... me is not the same as prefer. I, I'm not saying there's anything <laughs> right or wrong. I'm I'm curious what if if you could have them okay, call okay. you. Yeah. Yes, I would have. I would rather that they call more often. All right, I'll be honest, but I know they love us. <laughs> They're just busy in their lives, you know. It's uh-huh, just how uh-huh. it goes. So. Well, yeah. that's interesting. I. I didn't let her get around the question. <laughs> I'm okay with it is not the same as I prefer. Look, if you have contact, regular contact with your adult child, you're lucky given how many children have have opted to do something, in most cases, horrific and drop contact with parents because they're annoyed with them for some reason, including very often political. one Prager 776 Oh, well then. I, I, I'd love people to leave more comments at Burberry. It's a really, it is the celebration of nihilism. We return. 
The best-selling Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier uses proven oxy technology that quickly destroys viruses, odors, mold, and so much more. With over 265,000 units already sold, you know it works. Works in my house. Any smell will vanish after just a few seconds with the thunderstorm being on. Odors from litter boxes, trash cans, cigarette smoke, dirty diapers, and more are no match. Best of all, no filters are needed. Saves you money and effort. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for whole home protection. You'll get three units for under $200. Put one in your basement, bedroom, family room, kitchen, or anywhere you need clean, fresh air. The thunderstorm is nearly silent and takes up no floor space. It plugs directly into your wall. Don't breathe dirty air again. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Put in discount code PRAGER3 to save $200. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code PRAGER3. Shipping is free. Who should call whom? The kids, the parents, or the parents, the kids? Does it not matter? It's one of life's interesting questions. There are many. The, there was a very interesting call, the last call, where she spoke about their regular contact, and I finally pinned her, as they, as they would say, and she admitted she wishes that they would call more. She does the calling. In my uh, case, as my parents lived to 89 and 96, respectively, I was the caller. And most of the time, not all, my kids were the callers. But I, I'm not adamant if I really, if I just want to say hi, I call them. Look, in my house, you know how big a deal I make of this. I teach the Ten Commandments, the greatest moral document ever conceived of. It has center, it's the center sculpture in the U.S. Supreme Court. And, of course, it's being erased by the secular fools of our society. Secularism breeds foolishness. And the the first four commandments rest on the fifth, which is honor your parents. My, my home was very adamant about that. My father had his own chair. I think that was a good thing. The more kids honor parents, the better it is for the kids. But parents don't want to be honored. They want to be loved. They want to be liked. I had no sense of my parents being my pals. I found pals among my peers. And it carried on throughout my life. Kid, kid doesn't get many parents. So if, if the parents don't have a special position in the ch- child's life, it's not good f- for them. And for those of you who understand the importance of God in people's lives, p- parental honor is the vehicle to divine honor. That's why it's the fifth commandment and the first four rest on it, Physically. 
just as the second four rest on do not covet. It's brilliant stuff. You don't hear any of this at Yale. None of it. Did you see the picture of the Harvard students who all got up because some teacher was accused of sexual harassment and they all got up with posters like sheep? Do they know he's guilty? Has there been a hearing? Is if he was guilty, would Harvard keep him in, in a position? I mean, I, I'm not taking sides. I'm just asking. Julie Hartman, who, with whom I do a podcast called Dennis and Julie, which is really, really worth watching. You watch one, you'll, watch, you'll want to watch all nearly 50 now. It goes up every week, Dennis and Julie. She graduated her, from Harvard. I got it. I got the from in. She graduated from Harvard. From. Uh, last uh, last year. She wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal exactly a year ago about how basically her fellow students are sheep. Talking about lockdowns and masks. You think, you, you think the average graduate of, of the most elite schools in the country has courage or wisdom? any more than Boise State? I don't know who's more sheep-like, the kids at Yale or the kids at Boise State. It would be interesting to know, isn't it? God, the arrogance. Do you know that there are two books in my life that changed my life at a very early age solely because of the title? I didn't read the whole book, but the title changed my life. One of them was The Arrogance of Humanism. And I thought, wow, humanism is arrogant? Boy, was the author right. Meaning secular humanism, that's what humanism is. The arrogance, oh, we don't need the wisdom of the past. No, we, we certainly don't need the wisdom of the Bible. We are so much smarter That's the belief. We are the smartest generation that ever lived. That's what they believe at Harvard and Yale and UCLA and University of Michigan and uh, and every other university with the, with the rare exceptions of places like Hillsdale. Right? Isn't that right? We are the smartest generation. That's what they believe. We are, and we are not just smartest, we are better. We're better. We're certainly better than Washington, Madison, Jefferson, Adams. Oh, of course. They own slaves. That's it. That's all they need to know. Simpletons teach kids to be simpletons. That's, this, that's what the university is about. You've spent 200000 plus after tax money, down the drain. Not just down the drain. If I wish it were just down the drain. Big deal. Corrupting their mind and their humanity. We're the smartest. Now, the other book, by the way, the other book whose title changed my life was We Have Reason to Believe. It's a double entendre. 
We were given reason in order to believe. That's my belief. Is that fair to say? On an ongoing basis, you know what made me think of that? When my dad was finally getting weak, and it was really my mother's death more than physical, but he was getting weak. And he was in his mid-90s, and he just kept reading. The thing that gave him the most joy was reading. And I remember thinking, he knows he's not here long, and he's reading. Was that, is that a powerful thing? Mm-hmm. There's, that's an example, by the way, of wisdom. I'm not praising myself. I'm, I'm explaining what wisdom is. Learning is the most fun thing you can do in life. Anyway, go to PragerForHillsdale.com. How often do does, does the people hear that? Right? Mm-hmm. But isn't it true? Wasn't my father's example perfect? He wasn't playing video games. He, 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 yes, he was watching some sports. That's true. That's a great diversion for at every age. But mostly he read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What people don't know. What people don't know. One eight Prager seven seven six. Glenn in Cypress, California. Yellow. Hello, Glenn. Yellow. Good morning, sir. So um, I'm a father and I'm a son. Obviously, I'm a son. Uh, that was I, it. I well, by the way, I, I like that. That was a yeah. very good point. Obviously, I'm a son. <laughs> Obviously. That's you know, correct. Like that. That's right. Everybody so, listening so I, is either a son or a daughter. Amen. So I hold a position. Um, and, and my grandma, I was really close to my grandma before she died. And I used to call her, and I call my mom, and they used to call me. And uh, the, the, the position I hold is if you love somebody, the door swings both ways, and you call them. You love them. Like Stevie Wonder said, I just called to say I love you. I call my mom. I just tell her, how you doing? And she loves me. She calls me. And my grandma, same thing when she was alive. And so I you don't, you don't I, think there's a preference for the child or the parent to call the other? Maybe as I get older, when, when my son's an adult, maybe I'll change. Maybe I, I, I would... Right, Maybe but now you think it's, it's truly irrelevant who calls whom. Uh, Is that again, your position? position? I'm not challenging yes, you. Sir. I just want to know your position. Yes, sir. If you love them, you call them. You want to see how they're doing. Right, you want to right, right. right. Well, I love my kids, but I, I admit that 70-30, I prefer they call me. Not 100-0. Okay, my parents, it was 100-0. So what is yours? What's your preference? Uh, well, uh, may, uh, again, um, I had no problem calling my mom and dad. Uh, you're not. It's so funny how every parent is avoiding the question. <laughs> but again, I, I what my is, son doesn't call me because he's still young. He's 13. My I feel like I'm doing young. the Monty Python skit. What is your favorite color? <laughs> what is your preference? That's all I'm asking. In an ideal world, who would call whom? You, your parent, or your parent, you? I would say in ideal world, the, the kid or the grandson okay. calls the mom in. Okay, that's my man. It, it t- I'm telling you, it is easier to pull teeth than to get people to acknowledge that I, ideally, I, it's, I don't have, you know, I don't think it's a big deal, but it is a deal. It, people, 
we all we're we're all guilty of this if guilty is even the word we we don't like to think about something that might be a little un- uncomfortable i don't know why it isn't the ideal that the, the that the child calls the parent what what is wrong with saying that and it, it's fine to call your child but ideally It's like, ideally, a child has a mother and a father. It's not a knock on gays. It is not a knock on single parents. You're allowed to say ideals. I'm going to write a column on that. Ideals. I just call to say I love you. Every day when I pass a mirror, I still can't believe it. It's me. I'm looking back at myself. I never thought I'd be this fit again. But 42 pounds ago, I decided to take control of my health. And with the help of my PhD weight loss and nutrition, I'm so glad I did. The program is simple. Dr. Ashley Lucas and her amazing team customize a plan for your body to make it simple. They even provide 80% of your food at no additional cost. They treat your entire person as one. Dr. Ashley believes that all change starts with the mind. She'll help you to change your behavior when it comes to food and think differently about food so you'll never gain the weight back. Give them a call right now at 864-644-1900 and they can answer all your questions. If I can do it, you can do it. So I now have a twist, thanks to the twisted mind of my engineer. (laughs) So I have been asking, what is the ideal that the the adult child call the parent or the parent call the child? And uh, everybody, so far, everybody, well, two or three, oh, well, we call each other, you know, and, and, and... when I really pin them to the ground, well, what's the ideal? They acknowledge that the child calls the parent. So uh, he of the twisted mind posed two interesting questions. Can a parent call too often? To which the answer is absolutely yes. There is no doubt about it. <laughs> but then his fertile mind came up with another question. Does anybody have a child who calls too often? I mean, an adult child. (laughs) Can you imagine the parent going, oh, no, it's James again. Oh, my God. Do I pick up? (laughs) Or do I let it go to voicemail? (laughs) In fact, have a dedicated voicemail. Hello, James. I'm so sorry I couldn't pick up. But I, I am in the Barbados. <laughs> there's no, there's no cell phone connection. <laughs> I, I never thought of that. Is there a parent whose kid calls too much? Oh God. 
there's definitely I'm I, I didn't have it. I, I'm not speaking from personal experience, but I have no doubt that there are people whose parents call too much. Do you know of anybody where that was? It, it wasn't your 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 case was a pretty good one, right? You called your parents more. Yeah, that's what I did, and that was that was the way it was. On occasion, my mother would call. My father called once in my life when I was in my mid-twenties, literally once. I thought, God forbid, my mother was hospitalized. I, that was my first question, is mom okay? <laughs> uh, what did he call for? He actually attended a speech I gave. I was still living in New York, so that means I had to be... Uh, uh, younger than 25 I moved to California 25 or 26 and so he he didn't even tell me he was going to the speech he didn't even tell me he was there I didn't even realize he was I didn't see him in the audience and he called to tell me that it was a good speech all right so should I tell the whole story I have no choice I don't want you to in any way misconstrue my upbringing, or even think ill here, but here is what he said. So I'd like to ask you a question, Dennis. I go, yeah, what is that? Where did you get all that self-confidence? Certainly not from the house. (laughs) That was it. That is why he called. It was a puzzle. He wanted to solve a puzzle. I was not raised with praise. That's a great subject. Were you raised with praise, and was it a good thing? Let's get that for, I don't know, happiness hour, maybe. I'll bet you weren't. No, maybe you were. I wouldn't say praise. You wouldn't say praise? What would you say then? They were proud of me. They were. It was clear they were proud of you. Yeah. yeah. It was clear my parents weren't proud of me. <laughs> to be honest, until high school, there was nothing to be proud of. <laughs> I sort of existed. <laughs> there, there was the pride-giving older brother and Dennis. <laughs> oh, so it begs the question, where did I get the confidence? That, my dear Sean... And it's very rare I say, my dear Sean, and it's not completely sincere. <laughs> that really put him over the brink. <laughs> my dear Sean, the answer is from my nature and or God. I have no answer. There are... there. There is so much built into our natures for reasons that I do not know that has become clearer to me as I get older. People, everyone has human nature, and we all have to battle all those flaws or bad parts of human nature. But we also have our own nature. And that could be a gift or a burden, or both. Okay, let's see here. Uh, you want me to take line eight? Uh, Melissa in Santa Clarita, California. Hello. 
Hi, Dennis. Hi. First time caller, long time listener. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was just calling uh, because you were asking about who calls who. I think it's pretty mutual between me and my daughter who lives out of state, and she calls me and I call her on a regular basis. Um, I, Do you have a son? About, I have a son also, but he lives with me. How old is he? He is 21, but uh-huh. he's on the spectrum. So, okay, you makes know, sense, yes. Yeah. I, I have yeah. a stepson like that, yep. So, um, but my daughter and I talk on a regular basis. In fact, a lot of times she calls me on her way home from work all the time, and we have hour-long conversations. So, that's moms and daughters. It's unique. It's unique to moms and daughters. Yeah, it doesn't happen moms and sons or dads and sons or dads and daughters. Yes. Yeah, so that that is. You know what? Thank you for that call because that that is its own unique world. The mom-daughter one. They, they do become sort of friends over time. And that's probably a beautiful thing. We return. I'm Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. Hermanos Gutierrez. Muy bien. Me gusto mucho. Who calls whom? The parent or the child? Yeah, this is it's a fun but but uh, not insignificant topic. Well, this is an interesting one. Roma, South Carolina. William, the famous William of Roma. Hello. It's Irmo. Anyway, it's wait, 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 yeah, wait. I, it's Romo. Irmo. I R M O. And I got R O M A. Oh boy. Okay. Sorry. You two are going to learn to be more professional. That's what you're going to do. Okay. I talk funny, so the girl probably doesn't understand me. So no, 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 no. no, no. It, it, it's 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 our responsibility to understand you. Anyway, go ahead. No, my daughter. She calls three, four, five times a day. And my wife, she calls my wife. She doesn't call me. And my daughter's very outgoing. And my wife is very outgoing. I mean, and you are not. Wait for correct. <laughs> okay, Makes, I, I hear yeah. you. In in in, yeah. in 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 every way. So I'm curious. Does your wife like that? Oh yes. Yeah, and no, I would. I that's what I would think. Exactly. Okay, there you go. It's hard to imagine a daughter calling her father five times a day. I, it's unimaginable, actually, uh, unless you know there's something really wrong or so. Whatever it means. All right. Let's see. Okay. Maya in L.A. says it's respectful to call parents. Yes, Maya, I salute you. Uh, Dennis in West Palm Beach. He struggles with the idea of honoring his parents and would like my opinion. Do me a favor, call in immediately tomorrow, the third hour. 
as soon as I finish the happiness hour. That is one of the most common questions I'm asked when I tell people to honor their parents. What if, you know, what if they they're really a problem? Okay, all stay tuned. We continue on the Dennis Prager show. The Dennis Prager show. MyPillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever and just in time for Christmas. For a limited time, get the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98, a set of pillowcases for only $9.98, and rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more, all with the biggest discounts of the year happening now. They're also extending their money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2023, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager, or call 800-761-6302. You'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98, and get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Well, hello everybody, I'm Dennis Prager. I played for you one minute of a video that I need you to hear. This is parents, this is a video to parents and others in Wisconsin's second largest school district. They were recently informed, and you will hear it, that their children, as young as kindergartners, would undergo a week of gender identity programming where they will learn about a spectrum, that's the term they use, they will learn about a spectrum of gender identity and sexual orientations. This just came out this week. The uh, email was sent out and or di- and obtained by the Wisconsin Spotlight from the it was released by the Met- Madison, that's Madison Wisconsin Metropolitan School District MMSD. Elementary students will experience a week of gender identity and sexual orientation education as part of a curriculum of the Welcoming Schools program designed to, quote, uplift school communities with critical tools to embrace family diversity, create LGBTQ plus and gender inclusive schools, prevent bias-based bullying, and support transgender and non-binary students. Non-binary students. That means students who do not identify as either a boy or a girl. How many of you grew up with a non-binary classmate? Let's do, we we have three people here. Uh, So let's let's see, Alan, did you? Sean, did you have a non-binary classmate? Right. Yeah, and what about Rick? I know Rick now claims to be non-binary, but 
uh, as a kid, uh, there were there were none. He, he just waved to me. That's very sweet. Hmm. Non-binary. We will be using our morning meeting time to do read-alouds and classroom discussions based around these topics, the letter reads. We will end the week with a rainbow day on Friday. In an attached explanatory video, which I'm going to play for you now, welcoming school's lead for MMSD, the Madison School District, Shockingly, a female, Jennifer Herdina, a consultant, uh, one of my favorite words, and former elementary classroom teacher, offered an overview of the issues for families to, quote, understand how we are talking about gender in our elementary schools. Okay, so I'm going to put her on here. Okay, take it away. Let's hear. This is... Madison, Wisconsin, elementary school consultant and teacher. Hi, my name is Jennifer Herdina. My pronouns are she and her, and I'm the welcoming schools lead for the Madison Metropolitan School District. Today, we are going to jump into an introduction to gender. It's important for our families um, to understand what we're talking about and how we're talking about gender in our elementary schools. So this is just a quick overview for your information. One of the ways that we talk about gender is using this graphic of the gender snow person. And you'll notice that I called it a gender snow person in order to be more inclusive in my language. Okay, hold on. So, All right, so you have to understand what preoccupies the woke gender snow person. The war against joy and the war against children are two of the wars waged by the left. You must remember, everything the left touches, it's been true since Vladimir Lenin in 1917, it destroys. It is a destruction machine. It is the part of the human species that only knows how to destroy, not how to build. What was wrong with Snowman? because it doesn't include snow women? Hey, let's go and build a snowman. What is wrong with that? So, we're going to continue with this video here. Uh, Rick, Rick, are you okay with that? Yes. Okay, go ahead, please. When we look at the top part of the snow person, there's the gender identity, and that's how you feel and who you know you are. And that could be girl, boy, both, or neither. All right, hold it. You go to the middle section of the snow. That's what they're teaching at the Madison, Wisconsin public schools. Why would you send your child to a Madison, Wisconsin public school given this sick video? The woman is hired by the Madison School District to do this. Whether you're, uh, how you feel and who you know you are, girl, boy, both, or neither. Wow. Why are they putting such sick ideas into kids' heads? That's all they're doing. Do you understand? 
The left damages children. That's all it knows to do with children. Is to damage them. To inculcate in them fears. You have no future. Because there is a a threat to the very existence coming from global warming. You have no past because you live in a disgusting country called America. And of course, you may be a boy, you may be a girl, you may be both, you may be neither. Another sick woman doing sick things to kids. Why on God's earth would you send your child to that school, any school in Madison? Do you agree with this? Do you want your child exposed to this? Maybe in Madison, Wisconsin, there would be more controversy if there was a video saying, you know, America is really not racist. It's basically a, a, a good good country for people of every, uh, of every faith. One moment here. Let me go back to where we were. Back to the snow person. Snow person is the sexual orientation, who you love. And some words that are often used to describe different orientations are gay, lesbian, bisexual, pansexual, asexual, heterosexual. Okay, this is what and is, then this finally, is, you have to understand, folks. This is to elementary school kids. Who you love. Let's talk about who you love. Are you gay? Are you lesbian? Are you bisexual? Are you pansexual? What is the difference between bisexual and pansexual? Do you know you don't know either? Asexual. Asexual. That means asexual. you have no sexual drive. But you're 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 in. You could be a boy or a girl. Yeah, you could yeah, be. Yeah, we're talking about. No, this is orientation. I know yeah, this is to kids. Know. No, I understand that. They don't have any sexual. No, no, no. It, it's 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 beyond sick. One minute, this keeps advancing here. I'm going nuts. Uh, let's see. So this is what is being told to, to kids. Con- continue, please. Bottom part of the snow person is sex assigned at birth. And this is your biology. And most often we think about our biology just in terms of body parts. But really, our chromosomes and horm- hormones also play a factor into our biology of whether we are male, female, or intersex. Who's intersex? Wait, 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 wait. Who is intersex? How many people have uh, 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 ambiguous genitalia? So small. Well, why is that even taught to kids? Look, folks, I oppose sex education even just when it was just cisgender straight. School has no damn business talking to your kids about this. But parents let it happen because people don't fight. Fighting is tough. I was raised with the doctrine that if it's the easy way out, it's probably the wrong way out. It's a good doctrine. Continue. There's one other aspect of gender that we should talk about, and that's gender expression. And gender expression is how we show ourselves to the world around us. So that comes out through our clothing, our hairstyles, our mannerisms, all of those pieces of how we show others who we are. And gender expression is different all across the world and even changes over time. 
Wait a minute. What does that mean that gender expression is different all across the world? What does that mean? So you mean, for example, a, uh, a tribe in Africa expresses gender differently than we do? Of course they do. They wear different clothing. But uh, when, uh, when they did the film, What is a Woman?, and they went to the Maasai tribe in Kenya, and they, uh, through, an, through an interpreter, they said, are, are, are there more than two sexes? They laughed at them. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business, almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business, nearly $250,000. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business, almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay-up-front companies that make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low, reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. Refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. Yep. Playing you a woman who, are in a rare moment of expressive anger, my producer, a.k.a. the living martyr, said this is a sick woman. And if you wanted to know why healthy people loathe the left, loathe. I fear the left more than I fear COVID. I fear the left more than anything except God. The left is the most destructive force in the Western world. There is no close second, nothing close. What they are doing to children is evil. This woman is sick. And this is what the Madison, Wisconsin school district, needless to say, a left-wing city, and therefore harmful to children. It is a therefore. If you do not understand this, there's something wrong with you. Okay? What they are teaching, this is for elementary. She's proudly telling parents what they tell kids in elementary school about sex and asexuality and bisexuality and not identifying as a male or female, but rather as both or neither. We continue. So while historically, when we've talked about gender, we've talked about it in terms of sex and it's lived in the binary of just male and female. And you can see here that we now recognize that there are a spectrum of identities. What? That okay, that, that's the great lie. That's the great lie. It's a total lie. The spectrum of sexual identities, that you're a male or a female, that you may think of yourself otherwise because you went to a Madison, Wisconsin elementary school is a separate issue. It doesn't mean that it is real. It means you may have the subjective, unhealthy part of you. I don't know if I'm a boy. Tell me what is, is it, is it healthy? Is it normal? Normal in, in the sense that anything can be declared as normal any longer? According to Stanford, you can't say that blind is a disability. Did you know that? 
Yeah, that's right. They issued a preferred expressions um, publication or whatever you might call it. You can't say blind study because it implies that blind is a disability. See, even blind is not a disability. The world of make-believe, that is what the left is. It's make-believe. Everything about it is make-believe. From Paul Krugman at the New York Times to this teacher, they live in a make-believe world. I don't know how such sickness has become so elitist, but I, I, I do, I, look, I, I guess I do. The great Chesterton quote, whether he said it or not, it's attributed to him. When people stop believing in God, they don't believe in nothing. They believe in anything. This is the perfect example. They believe in anything. Oh, we now know it's a spectrum. Really? Why didn't we know this 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 200, 300, 700, 800, 1,000? This is what I mean, that the, the left believes that the smartest generation that has ever lived. We know that it's a spectrum. Really? It's a spectrum? We know that? Or we have tried to convince children of that. Is human a spectrum? I'm not joking. Why, is, why isn't race a spectrum? If you feel that you're black, why aren't you black? If there's no, if there's no objective sex, there's no objective race. Continue. What's up at the top here is sex can be seen on a continuum as can your gender identity, your gender expression, your sexual orientation. And again, we have all of these pieces of our identity and we can be anywhere along this continuum in each of these areas. Isn't that beautiful to teach kids? So take a quick moment and think about where you identify on each of these spectrums. Is she continuing? Is that is that uh, what happened, Sean? You may be wondering. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. Hold on. That's right. They were letting people look at the chart. Okay, go ahead. Three schools, and there are a few reasons. First, everyone has a gender. Wait, you might not have heard heard because I spoke over her. Why do we teach about gender in elementary schools? That that's what she's now dealing with. Okay, go ahead. With us in all of the environments that we're in every day, and it's essential to who we are and how we identify. For most people, gender identity develops between the ages of two and four. So if we're talking about gender in elementary schools, by the time they are entering elementary school, most kids know who they are, how they identify. Do they feel like they are a boy or a girl? both or neither. And though they may not have the words for it, they know in their hearts and in their minds how they identify. Also, there are students in our schools with different gender identities. We have in MMSD many elementary school students who identify as cisgender, as transgender, as non-binary, and the whole spectrum of identities. And if we aren't talking and teaching about these different identities, Students don't see themselves, and they don't feel like they belong in our schools. Well, one minute, one moment. Actually, your child doesn't belong in that school, in a a Madison, Wisconsin, or or most city schools. I bring you a different example almost every day, and yet parents would rather risk their child's health 
psychological health, and in, in any way you can imagine, including physical health because of the hormone blockers, then homeschool them. It is better to risk screwing my child's life than to take the, uh, make the effort to homeschool my child. That's what parents are saying. Sorry, everybody. That's the fact. I'm not, I don't think it's easy to start homeschooling. It's easy once you do it, but it's, it's hard to start. Or finding a different school that actually teaches the way schools should be teaching. Math, writing, science, history, music, art. They don't teach music and art anymore because there's too much time spent on sex. It's really important. I'm sorry. If you're a parent today, my heart goes out to you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. A very important guest. Author of a very important book. Ed Dowd. A global investment firm partner, Finance Technologies, spelled with a P-H, not an F. He's not a doctor, but he is an expert in numbers. Actually, he's an expert in truth. His book is Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. Ed Dowd is the author Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show, Ed Dowd. Dennis, honored to be here today. Thank you for having me on. How long did it take you to write this? Uh, it was a collaborative effort. I had uh, a team uh, helping me. The, pitch was, the book was pitched to me in August of uh, 2022, and I finished it by the end of September. And uh, hard copy came out December 13th after so some editing. So you wrote it really fast. So you had been, I presume, doing a lot of research in 2021 and 2022. Correct. It was a. It, it was easy to write because a lot of the work, the data analysis mm-hmm. had been done. So it, 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 it's a short book. It's not. It takes two to three hours to get through it. It's not uh, uh, too wordy, and unfortunately, we highlight a lot of sudden athletic and uh, sudden celebrity and young people deaths, individual stories, a compilation of stories to put a human element on this. I mean, when you, when you look at big numbers like I do, you can look at spreadsheets, but you have to look at the human faces as well. And we're trying to marry the two together, the, the real human cost of what's gone on with the actual data that just, as far as I'm concerned, there's no other explanation. Uh, and the conclusion I come to that vaccines are causing this. And I'm open to other interpretations, but no one's really come forth with anything better yet. So what is your philosophical background in this arena? Not, not, not your, your uh, expertise background. In other words, mine is, I until three years ago, I bought everything that the pharmaceutical and medical communities told me. I had my kids vaccinated. I don't mean against COVID. By the time uh, COVID caused me to do a 180-degree turn, I believe that they all lie uh, regularly. What about you? Did, did you have this skepticism much of your life? So, I, yeah, I've been in, uh, involved in Wall Street my whole career, 
And I've seen fraud after fraud after fraud. So my job, unfortunately, was to interview CEOs. I was a manager of a $14 billion company. uh, equity growth strategy at BlackRock for 10 years, and I was a tech analyst prior to that. And my job was to see if CEOs were lying to me. So I've been skeptical my whole life, and I also know a lot about how, you know, a lot of a lot of, um, especially in the healthcare world, a lot of a lot of business models are predicated upon uh, treating symptoms, not curing diseases. In fact, Goldman Sachs wrote a research paper on that several years ago before COVID, suggesting that. Uh, there was a company called Gilead Pharmaceuticals that created the, a hepatitis C cure. And that, that's a wonderful thing. The problem was uh, once you go through all the patients, the cash flows go to zero. So Goldman Sachs, in their wisdom, decided to write a paper saying that's not a good business model. You want to just cure the symptoms uh, or treat the symptoms, not cure the disease. So it's about money at the end of the day, unfortunately. And I've seen fraud after fraud after fraud unfold. What led you to believe that there is a connection between COVID, quote-unquote, vaccines, and I say, quote-unquote, because so do they. They have redefined vaccine, and the left charges you with deception if you note that. It's really Orwellian. But they have redefined it. In any event, when did you start thinking there's something dangerous about the vaccines, especially for younger people? So I'll start before the vaccine actually rolled out. I I was skeptical from day one because I knew a couple things. I knew they were going to use uh, mRNA technology, which was new, novel, and untested on humans. That's number one. Number two, Operation Warp Speed sounded like a disaster to me because when you, you know, these are complex manufacturing processes. So at the very least, I thought, you know, the first several runs of this thing would, would be a disaster. And I also knew it took seven to 10 years for a normal vaccine due to my Wall Street background to be vetted and tested for safety before it was released into the human population. So I knew those three things. So I was skeptical before going into this. And then very early on, January and February of 2021, I started hearing anecdotes. And uh, just to give you an idea, anecdotes of injuries and then, you know, mysteriously people dying that previously were healthy. Sudden athletic deaths I started seeing on Twitter occurring. And, and what I know about, about uh, vaccine safety is this. Do adverse events occur in a 7- to 10-year tested vaccine? Sure they do. But they're so rare that I should not be hearing an anecdote, statistically speaking. But I was hearing multiple anecdotes. And Steve Kirsch, who's also outspoken on this issue, had the same revelation. It's because of my mathematical statistical background on Wall Street. So that was, that was what I call a signal. So I was very leery, and uh, then the mandates came, and then it became critical for me to start speaking out. And then I pledged, uh, I met Dr. Malona, I live on Maui, he came for some uh, mandate protests. I met with him, and I told him that I would be monitoring insurance company statistics and funeral home statistics. If I was right, it would show up there, and it has. And not only has it shown up there, it's shown up in the all-cause mortality statistics of the global uh, health authorities, which they uh, are not talking about at the moment, unfortunately. Is it true, to the best of your knowledge, that Sweden has the lowest excess mortality rate of the last two years? They do, uh, but the numbers also show that they didn't do lockdowns and they had the best outcomes, but once the vaccines were introduced, their excess mortality started to climb. So it's not as bad as the rest of the Western nations, but they they 
started to uh, experience uh, adverse health comes, and we've, we've analyzed that data. It's not as bad as the rest of the Western world, though. Who has the least? Is, is there an answer to that question? Least excess mortality? Uh, so it's, it, we, we're, we're currently in the process, my, my team and I at Finance Technologies, we have a website called uh, Finance Technologies with a PH, and you can find the Humanity Project. It has all the data we're analyzing. We're currently in the process of running correlations, now, they'll say correlation is not causation, but there seems to be a link between vaccination rate of a country and, uh, and excess mortality. What we want to do, and we haven't done yet, but we plan on doing, we want to look at uh, countries uh, that have uh, the least amount of vaccinations. Unfortunately, those tend to be African countries where the data is not as good. We're probably going to do a study on South Africa, which has one of the lower uh, uh, vaccination rates compared to Western nations. Well, to the extent that we know... Africa has had a very much lower mortality rate from COVID. Is that not correct? That is that is correct. Uh, they they did they they seem to um, have different uh, viewpoints of of, the, of their response than ours. Our response was suppression of early treatment and uh, a relative of a vaccinated product. Is there anything in your book? Which, needless to say, I'll be reading. Is there anything in your book about therapeutics? Uh, no, we did not go into the therapeutics. The big conclusion from the book is this. The data, the metadata for the U.S. and also other countries, but I focus on the U.S. because we have good data there. Uh, the conclusion I come to is that something happened in 21 and 22 to cause the health outcomes of the employed population of our country to be worse than the general population, which never usually occurs because the employed population statistically is healthier because they're showing up to work during the prime of their lives. And... Uh, we show in two data sets that that relationship flipped in 2021. We looked at the Society of Actuaries, which did a survey of uh, what's called the group life policies. 80% of the revenues were captured. They showed 40% ex- excess mortality in ages 25 through 64 in 2021. The general U.S. population was 32% excess mortality. Now, why is that important? The Society of Actuaries has proven, because this is a great business for them, you give, you give uh, policies to people that don't need it, and that's good money because you collect the premiums. Uh, they, in a study in 2016 that I highlighted in my book and QR code the link to, they determined that their, their group life policyholders die at a, a rate of a third that of the general U.S. population in any given year. But in 2021 and in 2022, that relationship flipped. And then I also look at a different data set, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, which is a monthly survey that gives us the employment report. In that data analysis, prior to COVID, it was running on an absolute basis, 29 to 30 million in the U.S. were, uh, were uh, identifying themselves as disabled. That number took off in February of 2021. We uh, noticed a three standard deviation year over year rate of change, which happened 0.3% of the time. That's a, that's a signal change. And we hit 33.2 million disabled Americans in September 22. All right, hold on there. Just remember where you're at about the disabled number. The book is up at DennisPrager.com. Cause unknown. If you have skepticism, please call in. Before I return to my guest, I want you to know that there is a group out there called ConsumersResearch.org. That's their website. They're uh, working on uh, promoting corporate responsibility against the people who are using massive 
amounts of money, hundreds of billions of dollars, trillions, to promote nihilistic ideas of of the woke like BlackRock, which is interesting because my guest worked with BlackRock for over a decade. I'm going to talk to him about that, but I want to continue with the book. Anyway, go to consumersresearch.org. They're they're fighting uh, groups like BlackRock. And you got to uh, be no, they're not even asking you for funds. They're asking you to know what they're doing. Go to consumersresearch.org. Crushing America from within. That's what BlackRock is doing. That's exactly what they're doing. Consumers Research, wow, established 1929. Holy crow, it's almost 100 years ago. Consumersresearch.org. My guest, Ed Dowd, is the author of Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths. So I asked, uh, Ed, I asked people who uh, don't agree to call in. And we're having a little feedback here on the line. Do you, do you hear that, guys? I know, I know it is. Yeah, okay. So, Ed, I don't know what happened there, but uh, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll continue. So uh, we'll go to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for a moment. And Peter, Peter, you're on with Ed Dowd and Dennis Prager. Hello. Hey, you're deliberately misleading the American public. Excess deaths are not sudden deaths. Excess deaths simply means there were more deaths than we expected. Okay, you've had two years to find something wrong with this vaccine. You can't find anything, so now you're misleading the American public. Any reactions, Ed? Yeah, so I've been told this. I'm not a doctor. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm meeting with a billionaire next week to fund a hedge fund that's going to bet against the fact that uh, most people don't want to see the truth. And so... At this point, I laid the data out. I did my moral duty. You don't have to believe me, but capital is forming the bet against your viewpoint. So good luck. I, um, it's true, by the way. I am not conflating sudden death and excess mortality. They are separate subjects. Your book is about the, the if you will, excess of sudden deaths. It's, it's not about the excess mortality data in general, correct? No, I talk about sudden death because that's one of the phenomena. I know, I'm saying sudden death, yeah. But you can have excess of sudden deaths and, and not necessarily excess mortality if, if, if let's say, if the, if the vaccine conquered death in a great number of Americans, you could still have more sudden death and not more excess death. Uh if, if don't conflate the two. Sudden That's what I'm saying. Yes, I'm, I'm agreeing yes. with you. I'm agreeing with him. I should say, I'm not conflating the two. I just want to make that clear, and I don't think you are Correct. either. No. Okay. No. All right. So I just want to make that clear. I, I at never it, it occurred to me that they are the same thing, but if we see a sudden rise, and especially younger people, I wish the ban. Is he still on? No, he's not. I would like to know if he would give his children. The vaccine. You yeah, think, Dennis. The you, biggest the biggest issue that we saw in the data is in 2020, mostly old people died. In 2021 and 22, there was a mix shift from old to young. And I'll give you one example. In in 2021, there were 40,000 excess millennial deaths in 2020. In 2021, there were 60,000, a 50 percent increase. That was and 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 that happened also in Gen X. So we we went from mostly old to now a, a mixed shift to mostly young. So that is, that, that is a phenomenon that needs to be explained. 
and it can't be explained by suicides, drug overdoses, and uh, missed uh, cancer screening uh, appointments. It just can't. Not among the young, but if we now go to the other subject of excess mortality, that is related to postponed cancer treatments and heart treatments, etc. I just, I just want to make that clear uh, because uh, that was largely a result of fear and lockdowns. So the, give another example for people who are skeptical of what they can do to see what you are describing in your book, the, the increase in sudden deaths, especially uh, in middle age and younger people. Well, so there's excess mortality, as I said, in the group life insurance population. These are the people that work for Fortune 500 and mid- mid-sized companies. Generally speaking, they have access to the best health care. They're the most educated amongst us, and they're not expected to die. And let me give, let me give you an, an idea of what 40% excess mortality means. A 10% excess mortality in this age group, 25 to 64, is a once-in-a-200-year flood, as stated by Scott Davison, CEO of One America in January of 2022, 40% off the charts. So there's a statistical anomaly that's, you know, we've, we've calculated some standard deviations upwards of 23, which are just unheard of. So that's occurring in a population that is the best educated and the most uh, works at the best firms. To get the group life policy, you have to be employed at the time. You can't have quit or been fired. So to say that there was a uh, that everyone in Fortune 500 mid-sized companies decided to uh, overdose on drugs is ridiculous because most drug addicts don't keep their job, jobs for long. Suicides can be ruled out because, especially in the third quarter of 2021, the millennials saw a, a, uh, a, a rise of 84% excess mortality into the third quarter of 2021 from 30%. Why did that happen? Well, there was uh, two things that occurred, a mass vaccination program and job mandates. So there was a temporal rate of change event. There was an event that took out a bunch of millennials in the third quarter that worked at Fortune 500 companies. Now, to say that it was a suicide pact or a mass drug overdose or all missed cancer screening treatments, uh, it doesn't make any sense. There was a temporal event. So that's smoking gun number one. Then overall for the year, it's 40% excess mortality in this group versus 32 for the whole U.S. population. And I was talking about the disability data at the end before we, we went to break. And we've seen 3.2 million Americans added to the disability ranks. Of that, 1.7 million are employed. The employed have been more adversely affected than the, the unemployed. In fact, the, this, the, the rate of change in their disability rate was 31% since February of 2021. Uh, and in the uh, general U.S. population, there was an increase in disability rate of 8%. It gets even worse for those not in labor force. Those are the people that got fired or quit because they probably didn't want to take the jab. Their health outcome was the best. Since February of 2021, they've only seen a 4% increase in their disability. So with these two separate data sets, I conclude that something has happened to the employed population of the U.S. I went before Senator Ron Johnson in December. I said, I believe it's the vaccine. If it isn't, it needs to be investigated. It's a national security problem. Something is adversely affecting the employed and most able-bodied amongst us in the country. Okay, we'll continue in a moment. Hold on there. We'll continue in a moment. 
Ed Dowd, his book, Cause Unknown. It's up at my website. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here. My guest is Ed Dowd author of Cause Unknown, which is actually a national bestseller to my amazement and pleasant amazement. The epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022. I'm so curious if the caller, I recognize his voice, he's adamant that I'm lying to you about vaccines. Like I, like I have some vested interest in uh, financially or or morally or any other way. I didn't take the vaccine, so obviously I follow my own advice, and I thank God I didn't get vaccinated. I wish my kids didn't. One would have been fired, and the other regrets that he did. Ed Dowd is uh, the author here, and... uh, what was his name again? Demar Demar Hamlin. Do you have a theory on Demar Hamlin, Ed? Yeah, sure. Sure. I was asked for comment on Demar Hamlin when it happened, and I said I did not comment in individual cases. Although there does seem to be a rash of sudden athletic deaths across the globe that we hadn't seen before. In my book, there are hundreds and hundreds of examples of such such events. I think what the DeMar Hamlin incident did was uh, put this on the national consciousness all of a sudden for many people who weren't aware that this might be a problem. And in my book, there's lots of hard metadata analysis, but we look at the, the phenomenon of sudden athletic death. And what I can tell you is this. There was a study done in 2006 called the Lausanne study. Now, they tried to the best of their ability to document every sudden athletic death over 38 years under age 35 globally. They came up with 1,101. This is a study that has over 1,000 scientific citations. It's a paper that's been cited. And that averages uh, 29 a year. Uh, 1,101 divided by 38 is 29 a year. So did sudden athletic deaths occur before 2021? They did. But what a Wall Street guy like myself looks at is frequency and velocity. And we'd be uh, hard-pressed to have a month since 2021 with only 29 such cases. We have months with, you know, 90, 80, 100, 110. And in my book alone, there's hundreds and hundreds of examples. And, just, and my book is not exhaustive. 
uh, it's about a tenfold increase over uh, the Los Angeles study. So something is going on. It's definitely um, uh, new, and it's a sad new normal. I've obviously blamed the vaccines. If ever, anybody else would like to come up with a better explanation, I'm all ears. I said that to Senator Johnson in, in regards to the employed of the country. I'm all ears if I'm wrong. But what I find curious is the numbers that I see the global health authorities see, but they don't seem to be talking about it. And this is what concerns me. If it's not the vaccines, what is it? And why aren't we talking about it? Because it's just true. It's happening. But the mainstream media is, is, is crickets across the board on this issue. Since your field is numbers, do you have an answer to this? Statistically speaking, is there a greater likelihood of a 25-year-old dying of COVID or of the vaccine? Oh, that, that was proven in 2020. Uh, well, no, it, it was proven in 2020 that COVID did not affect the young. It was mostly the old. And statistically, um, I can give you what one country did. Uh, the country of Denmark uh, suspended uh, or stopped offering vaccines to those under 50, effectively a ban. And why would they do something like that? Well, we, looked, we took a look at their excess mortality especially amongst the younger age cohorts. And it went up every year since 2020. So 2021 excess mortality was above 2020. 2022 is above 21. And they issued this statement, Dennis, they said, uh, it's better for you to get COVID under 50 than the vaccine. But, uh, now, you can say, what does that mean? I took it to mean an Orwellian admission that the vaccine has more of an effect on you, adverse effect on Who you made that announcement? Denmark. Uh, oh, yeah, Denmark. Yeah, I reported that here as soon as they did. I'll be back with you in a moment. My guest is Ed Dowd, and the book is Cause Unknown. I'd like to take some calls, and my next question is, why did Denmark, and almost only Denmark, make that announcement? I am very interested in getting his thesis on that. Cause Unknown is the book. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.